Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway, and uh, my first guest today has invited me to Christmas Eve dinner, so we'll see if every other guest for the rest of the year will invite me to Christmas Eve dinner. How many Christmas Eve dinners do you think I can drink? Or, I mean, eat. Well, now we've let the cat out of the bag. Uh, the Mary Griffith Show brought to you by Harvest Ridge Coffee and Refreshment Services Pepsi. A little bit of Irish coffee always whenever I have Christmas Eve with Dr. Brandon Breening. Good morning. Good morning, yeah. So you're holding out for your best offer. I'm holding out for yeah. my best offer. No, what's that stuff you make on Christmas Eve? It's some kind of concoction. There's alcohol involved. It's called Glog. What's it called? Glog, yeah. Glog, yeah. and it's from Sweden? I, well, well if, if I sure. remember correctly, yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> Where it, did you come up with this? Because this was not something that was in our family before you uh, became no, of drinking age. <laughs> no, well, it was a few years ago. My kids all hate it um, because it, they just don't like the way it smells. Uh, so they're not big into alcohol. So when you go to make so. all, you have to make this. Yeah, and then you yeah, bottle you gotta it. Combine it all together and mm-hmm. and, and make it all. Is it a fortified wine? What is it? What is it that I actually am consuming when I come over to your house? Uh, it is uh, a port wine with uh, whiskey and uh, uh, white rum. It and, sounds disgusting. Uh, Why do I like it? <laughs> because there's a lot of alcohol in it. It's also it also has uh, uh, you, you season it with some uh, some raisins and some some other things. So it's spiced. It's like spiced wine. Okay, so um, it, there's a fruit component, so it's healthy for us. That it, mm, <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay, Doctor. A lot of a little bit of glog goes a long way. Yeah, so. Doctor. Brandon Breeding, my guest today, and will continue to be my guest in 2024. And uh, obviously, full disclosure, we are related. Um, but that really doesn't have any re- has anything to do with why he's a guest on my show. He's a guest on my show because he is an authority on neuroscience and the I, brain. I, I wouldn't say an authority. Mary. You, do you have a diploma? Do you have a special I, I diploma? I do not have a special diploma. You took a test. Did you fail that test? I took a test, test that uh, I took the uh, three months after Diana died. So, uh, so you, in the midst of doing all sorts of other things. You so. mean you still have to get more and more to be certified with that special, special thing? Well, you have to pass the test, Mary. And I uh, haven't gone back to pass the test because my <sighs> life has been crazy uh, for the last <laughs> six years. So... Um, I had to learn a lot of other things that I wasn't focusing on at the time. <laughs> Sorry to bring such tragedy in your life. Well, okay, you've taken all the schooling, but I, the little I've seal, the little gold schooling. seal, has yes, not been put I know on. a lot of things, and you know, okay, so but you also know you have to keep your wife happy. Yes. So therefore, you cannot study right eight hours a day and practice and do everything else. Let's talk about your practice, uh, Breening Total Wellness Center. Why Total Wellness? Uh, because we look at how things are connected, right? We don't want to just look at uh, one aspect of a person. We want to look at all the things that contribute to health. Uh, you know, one of the uh, the creator of chiropractic uh, contributed ill health to one of three things, or possibly more, right? Uh, traumas, toxins, and thoughts. And uh, so... We want to look at everything that makes up a person and see things that are connected. And and like uh, one of the buzz things they say in functional medicine is think and link instead of name and blame, right? So we want to uh, think about what is connecting these things, right? So we want to think about why uh, a person is having this problem. I I know a person who had a uh, nodule on their thyroid. And every time that nodule on their thyroid 
would increase in size. It would, because if you, if you fed the thyroid, it would increase in size. They would get indigestion and, uh, they would tell their medical doctors about this and they'd say, well, the thyroid isn't connected to indigestion at all. There's no way that thyroid nodule can be causing you indigestion. Uh, but what we know is that the stomach is attached to the esophagus and the esophagus is right next to the thyroid. And if the thyroid increases in size, it will push the esophagus, which can then pull the stomach. Uh, and when the stomach isn't sitting in the right area, you can get some indigestion because of that. So um, she has not had any uh, indigestion like that since she had the nodule removed, but we had to get the nodule removed. So we gotta we got to link these things uh, and not just say, okay, um, this is my specialty and this is all I do. Um, Sometimes it's good to have somebody who's really specialized in a lot of things, uh, but you also have to make these connections. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like about, you know, talking about you with health is because you do know a lot about the brain and how the brain works, but you also, like you said, bring into thoughts. You know, it's interesting. We think of our brain as the central nervous system master, and but we also have our conscious thought. And so often, especially around this time of year, uh, people can get ill, especially with lung diseases and other kinds of chronic problems like that, because they're experiencing grief or they're dissatisfied or they're unhappy. Uh, you know, this time of year, golly gee, a lot of people are looking back and they're thinking, did I really, was I as productive this year as I could have been? Do I like my job? What, you know, oh God, another year in yeah. this crappy job coming up next year. So much of of the power of positive thinking, you know, Norman Vincent Peale basically said, you know, think your way to health. Yeah. Uh, just fake it till you make it. How much of that is really true, Doc? Oh, you know, there's a there. You can certainly talk yourself into being unhealthy or being healthy um, within limitations. Right? There's limitations of matter. Uh, if uh, you know, I've been shot by thirty bullets. Uh, I'm not going to talk myself into recovering from that. Uh, but uh, depending, you can certainly talk yourself and get depressed into a point of ill health pretty easily. Um, and we, we definitely need to look at our thoughts and see what we can do about them. Um, so that's where the mental health component, we just had Cornerstone on yesterday and she was talking about uh, Melissa McKelvey, the therapist there was talking about self-care over the holidays. Don't, you know, no is an answer. You don't yes. have to say no because you don't have to give people excuses or explanations of why they can't make it. You know, um, sometimes you just can't put it into your schedule and it doesn't mean that you can't do it next year. It's just not going to happen this year. So often this time of year, we are stressed. We're rushing around. We also look back on our New Year's resolutions and you, and you're a good one for this because you struggle just like the rest of us with all the things that you know are not really good for you, but it's hard to resist. And, um, you know, tell me how you keep yourself and your family healthy. Because you've had weight fluctuations. You know, your kids are at that age where you can no longer control really what they're eating, not all of them. You know, I mean, they, they have access to outside food sources. So how does a parent, using yourself as an example, flawed, I'm sure, but uh, how do you... Hold it all together, because when was the last time a kid said, gee whiz, another serving of kale? Yum. I can't wait for that. 
Yeah. Uh, the, the, well, it depends. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting study I read on that a while ago, but it has to do with, uh, uh, you know, how kids will put anything in their mouth, but then they get really picky all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Um, that That's a protective mechanism, they think, from when we would just be out foraging and all that. So uh, a kid has to see something multiple times and be okay with it multiple times before they can have it. So, uh, And if we don't do that when they're young, then they won't be interested in those things as they age that sort of stuff but how how but my kid i missed the boat on that one because i read that article this year and my kids are all uh far past trying uh, new foods trying new foods stage um you know uh the good news is as we age our taste buds start to disappear so we need uh grocery and grocery foods to uh to actually taste and enjoy that's things. why that's we why. enjoy cottage cheese and broccoli sprouts when we're older but not when we're kids absolutely okay yeah because you know it is amazing the stuff that i would never eat when i was younger and was really thought it was disgusting like yeah. liver and broccoli and cottage cheese i mean and brussels sprouts and i like that stuff now yeah so yeah. you know taste buds change taste buds so. change but you still need to introduce your children to as many different varieties of foods as possible right Exactly. Well, and and two, I, I brought in an article a few months ago that talked about how uh, poor people uh, ha- are their kids into be, being pickier eaters because they don't have the luxury of buying foods that their kids won't eat. So um, I know they'll eat a hot dog. Exactly. Right. They're going to eat the chicken nuggets and they're going to eat the French fries. So that's what I'm going to get them because I only have a set amount of money. And if I buy them Brussels sprouts and I'm just going to have to throw the Brussels sprouts out, then that's something that we didn't get to eat instead. Right. right? So, and that's another problem that we have in our country. We really don't have a I mean, we have a nutrition problem, but even obese people can be poorly. Oh, absolutely. So it's funny. Our poor people are fat. Yes. Our poor people are fat, but that's not because they eat too much that's because they eat too much of the wrong things exactly they're getting all their calories from very cheaply from very processed cheap food and things that don't satiate them yeah yeah so So they keep eating and eating dr brandon breening my guest today in uh, breening total wellness center you always bring great articles what have you been reading and no wonder your wife is crazy because she comes home and all you're doing is sitting with your nose in a book so (sighs) what is exciting what's I uh, can't imagine what dinner conversation is today, children. I was talking about the subhemal cortex of mine. They're like, oh, dad. Yeah. Well, they're all so busy, they don't even see me at dinner time anymore. <laughs> so. You, um, you've reached the point where you're just a wallet. Uh, you are, Dr. Brandon, you are Jetson. You're just, you're George Jetson. Uh, just keep handing money out and then Molly takes the whole wallet and goes shopping. So what have you been reading while uh, everybody else is out spending all your money? Well, you talked about holiday stress. I did bring an article about how holiday stress tops tax stress. Um, according to 63% of the 1,000 people they surveyed, uh, also, 71% regret not taking time to relax during the holidays. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's a stressful time. Do take time to relax. Uh, the American Heart Association recommends maintaining healthy habits like eating smart, moving more, sleeping well to maintain holiday stress. This is the number one, um, right around this time of year, is heart attack season. Oh, absolutely. And it's not because you ate a lot on Christmas Day that you have a heart attack later nobody that day. Nobody got fat from one meal. Yeah, nobody got fat from one meal. But it's the added stressors on your body combined with, you know, yeah. the extreme overload of sugar and lard. And so we really do need to 
you know, it's okay. No one day, like you said, I don't care how much you eat at Christmas. That one day, that one gorging right. will not. You might feel bad on you know, the day you, after yeah, Christmas. You have a but... food hangover, but you're, you know, you're going to be fine. No. But just in general, um, de-stressing and, and like you said, eating something green every once in a while uh, could be ex- exceptionally helpful. And, and that's the other thing that um, they always say, you know, if you're trying to diet this time of year, you know, try to fill up on a salad first and then enjoy small portions of everything else. Because it's when you're, you get satiated from the vegetables that are fresh and, and not, I mean, is sweet potato casserole really a vegetable after you put all that stuff in it? No. no. After I put literally bacon fat like we save our bacon fat every time we make bacon and we yeah. put it in a jar. And then when I make my Brussels sprouts, I just glob on that bacon absolutely. fat. What so, else are you going to do? I mean, you yeah. could make some really good hash browns with it, too. Absolutely. Know. So, I mean, let's face it. Even vegetables are not good for you unless they're prepared in a healthy way. But that's what Christmas is all about. I want bacon fat on my I Brussels sprouts. I thought Christmas was <laughs> all about spending time with your family and not having fun. <laughs> Christmas is not about having fun. It's about spending time with your family, which is what, as we know, your mediocre Aunt Gina used to say all the time as we were trying to do fun things and not be with our family. So, okay, so stress, de-stress if we can during the holidays. What other great advice do you have us for there? Um, well, just an, a normal article, and then I have one fun thing. A um, normal article? Normal article uh, about uh, the human brain uh, has parallel, they've found parallel pathways in it uh, that are not present in, um, uh, I never remember how to say the name of that monkey, uh, macaws uh, or mice. Or mice. Macaw. Ma- macaw. So uh, anyhow, uh, so this means, this is why part of our neural resilience and our ability to uh if one pathway goes bad to continue to learn things and continue to improve if somebody's had a stroke they can sometimes recover from that depending on how bad the stroke was and where it is and what's it's affected because we have parallel pathways because we have redundancies that do things um so and so a lot of people are concerned about their brain health you study the brain a lot people are so terrified of an Alzheimer's diagnosis or something like that. Let's just get to it right away because we talk with the Alzheimer's Association pretty regularly too. Is it inherited? Is it something I can do to prevent it? Is it, am I, do I carry a gene? I mean, you know, I can do the crossword puzzle every day and try to keep my brain sharp, but by and large, doctor, what is going to be the difference between me getting Alzheimer's and not getting Alzheimer's? Oh my gosh, there's so many factors that actually go into it. Um that it's there's not one thing you can Well, for one do thing nutrition, say. but right. I can't wait till I'm 65 to right. decide to start eating right. healthy well, because it was what time I when you're I was... close to getting it's like it's like osteoporosis by the time you've gotten a diagnosis, you should be taking calcium in your 20s and 30s, uh teens even uh if if you're worried about your bone health, right? Yeah, so, my doctor told me years ago that you really don't make any considerable new bone after 35. Yeah. All you can do is basically preserve what you've got. Yep. So, you know, here you are, you know, people are worried, oh, oh I'm going to get Alzheimer's, or I'm going to get osteoporosis, or I'm going to get cardiovascular disease. No, you've already got those things. Right. So really, again, eating a, a good moderate lifestyle all through our life, and that's where it goes to our children. We really need to explain to kids, you know, this is what's going to happen to you if you 
don't moderate yes. a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a, that you can say it till you're blue in the face because kids are going to be kids. And, you know, even at uh, 42, I'm still uh, changing my opinions on things and learning new things and uh, figuring out what the heck is going on in my life. Uh, but, you know, as, as a 30 year old, you start to say to kids, now stay in school and enjoy school because working sucks. Um, uh, but <laughs> but kids are gonna kid, right? And they and they just want to uh, they just want to grow up so fast, and they want to be this this adult stuff. And it's this thing that we all have to go through for whatever reason. I don't know why, but we we do, um, and we have to learn it on our own. Uh, but hopefully, you can impart that wisdom so that they learn it sooner. Because so. when it comes to things like Alzheimer's or even heart disease. A lot of it is a genetic factor that we cannot control, but we can yeah. the things we can control, we should try to control more. Yes. And again, you know, setting those good habits uh, for your family is very good. Okay, the funny thing you wanted to say? Oh, the, well, it's not exactly funny, but uh, it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek article. You know the, uh, the British uh, show Doctor Who? Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an article that came out that shows that on years that Doctor Who has a Christmas special... Uh, there are less uh, suicides that year. Really? Suicides, deaths, uh, suicides, yeah. Suicides. Yeah. So Doctor Who lifts the spirits. Apparently, the apparently does. It, it shows you the importance of doctors now, at the holiday season. This isn't. <laughs> this is interesting. Do you have to have actually watched Doctor Who for this to work, or is it just in general? Like, I never watched Doctor Who. I don't want to watch Doctor Who. I know who Doctor Who be, but I don't want to watch Doctor Who. Well, you're, so, you're missing out on a I British know. television class. I understand. So. But does it work even if I don't watch Doctor Who? Are my chances of suicide reduced by a Doctor Who Christmas special, even if I don't partake of the Doctor Who Christmas special, or do I have to partake of it for it to be well, effective? Well, perhaps they might be, um, you know, because, uh, the rest of the world because, is so the, because the rest of the world is so cheery, and all the people that did watch Doctor Who are being kinder to their fellow man, um, and uh, uh, less depressed because uh, the doctor's out there taking okay. care of things. Before I let you go, <laughs> I have to ask one question relating to our family. Oh, Which okay. Christmas is not time to have fun. It's a time to spend with your family. Uh, are we going to have a Christmas pageant this year for these kids? Because the two youngest ones are not really able to participate. But you've got your two youngest could lead the way, couldn't they? I, I, good luck. Uh, you know, I think I think the problem is that that <laughs> we don't have. Uh, our key player coming back this year. The donkey. Uh, the donkey. My yeah. brother, the donkey, yes. will not be making an appearance. So, you know what? He could show up. So, he was saying the other you day, know. you know, you never know. The donkey well, could make an I appearance. Well, I mean, if the donkey makes an appearance, maybe they'll have a play. Um, you know, it's just no fun without these kids having well, I tell you what, play. if we have enough glog, it'll be plenty okay, of fun. I tell you what, if we have enough glog, the kids can watch the adults. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is your Uncle Joe. I'm punctious. Your pilot. Are you ready for your flight into Egypt? Because <laughs> your grandpa worked for TWA. Yeah. So when yeah. they had the flight into Egypt, our flight and our family Christmas was TWA flight to Egypt. Yeah. And punctious was their pilot. pilot. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Brandon. 
Thank you so much for giving us good health advice all year long. I will see you on Christmas Eve. Get a big draft of Glog ready for me. And uh, if there's a nice, crisp, green salad, no kale, but other things, that would be great. But I think we're I, having soup, Mary. Uh, I don't know. Soup, really? Any. What soup kind of soup? And, uh, have I approved this menu? Uh, usually we have uh, Zupa. Uh, yeah. So we'll Everything some, you always have is good. Some Zupa and maybe, I don't know if we're making chili or a different soup. Okay, but, good. Uh, so it will be a liquid Christmas a all the liquid, way around. Liquid Christmas <laughs> all the way around. All the way around. Thank you so very much. Stay tuned, folks. Chief Adam Yates is next. We're back, Tuck Radio 930 WTAD. Chief Adam Yates is my guest today. My first order of business is to apologize to Chief Yates. You know, you're young. You, you can't begin to possibly understand what it's like to start losing it, Chief Yates. But <laughs> yesterday morning, I wrote this story, and I had my years wrong. I thought that 2024 was coming to an end. So I talked about how there were murders in 2024, crime in 2024. And, of course, we haven't even had 2024 yet, so I hope it's not a harbinger. I don't want there to be three murders in 2024. Let's hope not, right? Let's not jinx it, Mary, please. But you also said in that recapping that story that, you know, people should be concerned about armed robberies and about murders and stuff like that. But most of the time, those things happen to people that know each other. That's not stranger crime. Uh, really, what we need to do to keep ourselves safe this time of year is lock our cars and lock our houses. Yeah. You it, know, we're so worried about the big bad guy, but we're almost inviting them in sometimes by leaving our purse on the front seat. Right. It's, it's the crime of opportunity, really, that I think is going to affect the average citizen more than than violent crime itself. And, and like I've said before, in, in big cities, you see a little more of the random type crime. But in Quincy, we don't really see that so much as a trend. It happens, but generally there's a nexus between the, the victim and the suspect. Well, let's talk about how things are right now in the Quincy Police Department, because 11 months ago, you guys were severely understaffed. There were lots of problems. There were, you know, now we're still kind of caught up in who's, you know, what's all this transition over to choosing a chief police and everything, which has nothing to do with you. You've never been involved in any of this. But where are we now as far as strength of force? So uh, right now we are at 70 sworn officers, and on Tuesday of next week we will hire three more. So we will be at full staff at the Quincy Police Department on December 26th. Wow. Full staff, which yes. is 70... 73. 73. 73. On the day after Christmas. Yes. Okay. So, you know, it's been a long road. We've been, you know, fighting a lot of different, um, I don't want to call them demons, but, uh, you know, things that have been pulling officers away from the department, things that have kept us from training officers. And, you know, so this is really a milestone that we've been looking forward to for, I mean, ever since I became chief and even for a year or two before that. Yeah, to get back to full strength is great. And, of course, the minute that happens, somebody will retire. We know this is just the ebb and flow of of how things go. But um, it's good to see that we're going to be back to full strength. And the the other thing is um, that allows officers a chance to um, get into their own groove, to really start developing their beat, to get to know the community. And some of these people are transferring with law enforcement experience, you've got some rookies that are true rookies, but mm-hmm. then you've also got some cross-transfers that have a lot of experience. They just have to get to know our system. Right. And we have a couple of lateral transfers that will be going out on their own, will be certified for sole patrol. 
this week or next week. And, you know, they spend minimal time in our field training program because we don't need to teach them how to be a police officer. We just need to teach them how to be a Quincy police officer. And that's really an advantage to hiring lateral transfers is, you know, short training period and you get a lot of experience going out on the street in a very short period of time. So, um, but, you know, we also understand and, and I'd like to point to myself, you know, I was not a lateral transfer when I came to the Quincy Police Department. So those that are interested in law enforcement, we want to make sure have an opportunity with our department. So we will continue to hire a mix of you know, new inexperienced officers and lateral transfers as long as we continue to get applications for both. One thing I think that you prove is that you can start at the bottom, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that, and make your way all the way to chief. Uh, having it as a career, you know, some people really love our community and they want to stay here mm-hmm. and they want to have a career here. Of course, there are things you can do. You could be a, a sheriff's department and not move. You could, you know, work in Hannibal, I guess, and not move. I don't know what their rules are. But, you know, by and large, uh, a lot of people are really happy in our community, and they're happy to stay here. And obviously, maybe if they wanted to become a chief of police, they may have to move at that point in their life to to make that jump if there's nobody available on the ladder. I used to laugh. When I joined the Girl Scouts as a professional Girl Scout, um, it didn't take me long to realize that there were six people on the ladder above me. All of them were not going to retire for at least 12 years, and then all of them were probably going to retire at the exact same time, pretty much. So you have to say, do I stay here mm-hmm. or do I jump to another ladder? I chose to jump to another ladder. Right. Uh, you know, it was close. I didn't have to move. You know, things worked out for me. But those are individual decisions that everybody has to make that have nothing to do with how the Quincy Police Department is run. You cannot possibly micromanage the mindset of all of your officers. If their spouse takes a job somewhere else or if their parents are failing and they have to move, that's Mm -hmm. something that's going to happen that has nothing to do with their job satisfaction with you. Right. And, And as a matter of fact, we've had both of those exact scenarios where someone's wife had gotten a job somewhere else and they had no choice but to move. Um, and, and, you know, we, with, with, uh, the ailing parents, we had one of our sergeants that left to go to the state police because that gave flexibility to move around the state. And while, uh, you know, the parents may not be in poor health right now, it, you know, obviously they were getting older and he wanted to have that flexibility. So, you know, and of course there's, there's pay and there's pension and, and we even had an officer. Normally we won't, we won't see officers leave Quincy to go to Missouri just because there's a significant pay cut in the state of Missouri, but we had one officer that was uh, very interested in, in traffic enforcement and, and traffic crash reconstruction. And he found an opportunity with the Missouri State Highway Patrol to do just that. So it wasn't that he, he disliked his job, I don't think, at the Quincy Police Department. It just, there wasn't enough of that work that we could just, you know, kind of put him in a slot, let him do that full time. And he found a position that let him do that over at the Missouri State Highway Patrol. So, you know, and, you know, you talk about promotions and advancement and everything like that. It it really is all about timing. You know, I mean, I think on any police department, you know, they always say the toughest promotion usually is the first one uh, because there's so many people vying for those sergeant positions. And then after that, it, it becomes a little bit easier. But, yeah, it really depends on who's going to retire when, where are you at on the, the promotional list, 
um, you know, uh, the stars basically have to align to make things work out. And that's I, I think that's exactly what happened for me. Yeah, you can't you can't always tell what's going to happen. And in fact, you weren't the first person that was chosen and you were willing to stay on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were willing to say, you know, I, I want to be police chief. I applied for the job. I didn't get it. I always admire you for the fact that you handled that so beautifully. I thought with such class. It's like, you know, I love this community and I want to be a police officer here and I'm going to support the new chief, the new chief ended up not coming. Mm-hmm. He ended up not deciding. And then you default, you know, became the police chief. And and uh, you could have, you know, gotten a snit and left. And boy, that would have been a bad move. Right. Hindsight being twenty twenty, because yeah. the other guy didn't end up coming. And right. if he even if he had come, if he wasn't that satisfied, he may not have stayed. And then you would have, you know, risked it. Never burn the bridge. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it, you know, for me, it always came down to the community. I mean, I, I got into this to help the community. I mean, that's what I've always done my entire career. And, you know, it, yeah, it doesn't do the community any good for me to take my ball and leave uh, because, you know, a decision was made that that I didn't agree with. And, and you know, to be honest, I never really had any visions of being chief of police. I mean, until, you know, the the process started and, and we realized Rob Copley was going to be retiring is really when I had to think about it and say, is this something that I want to do, that I want to do for my family? Um, but, you know, things worked out the way that they did. I'm glad that they did. Um, but, yeah, certainly uh, would have stuck around and continued to do the work that needed to be done. Yeah, and, you know, Chief Copley could have stayed on. You know, you just mm-hmm. never know what's right. going to happen. I remember I was interviewing a former fire chief, and I said, when did you know you wanted to become fire chief? He goes, I never even wanted to be a firefighter. Right. <laughs> you know, he goes, I went because my buddy wanted to take the test. Yeah. So sometimes careers find you. They do. What do you want to talk about today? Because I always ask my questions, but I want to make sure you let people know what's what's on your mind. Well, a couple of things that I think, you know, it is the holiday seasons now and um you know we we talk a lot about crimes and shootings and homicides and things like that and uh so just a couple of things to to, i guess highlight from number one i got rid of the beard so you made me feel bad last month when i came in with the beard and well i'm sorry but it wasn't a good look on you so um so we got rid of that not that it isn't (laughs) going to come back at some point usually the long weekends are what start that process but um, no, on uh, on December. You're not allowed to take the extended vacation. <laughs> right, I have to continue to work. Um, on December second, we held um, a, a shop with a cop event out at Target, and uh, so we got a, a group of our uh, officers who are members of the Police Benevolent and Protective Association Social Club, um, and we went out and we shopped with. I think there was eight different families that we uh, met up with the kids and went out and shopped at Target, and we really had a good time doing that. It's a great way to engage with the community to spend time with the kids and make sure that they have something to give mom, dad, grandma, whoever, uh, when it comes to Christmas time. And I'll just say, you know, I want to put this out there. There's going to be a pack of pink golf balls that uh, I believe dad is going to receive. And I, I tried my darndest to talk this young girl out of getting pink golf balls because I told her that dad would probably prefer white. Uh, she was not having it, so Dad, I apologize when you get your pink golf balls on uh, on Christmas. If he's smart, he'll say they're the best golf balls he's ever gotten because she's going to be watching his reaction. I, I I hope so. I hope she just doesn't tell him that hey uh, that Mr. Yates was the one that picked out the pink golf balls because that's not exactly how it went. Um, but yesterday we had the opportunity to go uh, partner with Blessing Hospital and go up to the pediatric uh, mm. floor of Blessing Hospital and uh, and visit the kids. And we always say, um, you know, every every year we usually call right before we go up there to find out how many kids are there because we have stockings we give out to them and, you know, just wish everybody a Merry Christmas. And there's been years where we've been told there's nobody up there, and, and that's great. Um, this year there were four. 
Um, and, and, and fortunately, of the four, the one of them was actually waiting to get discharged and were waiting for us to show up. And it, literally, as we were walking to the next room, they were walking out and getting to go home. So, But it's always good to, to go up and, and just see the kids and the parents and wish them a Merry Christmas and let them know that we're thinking about them. I, I mean, I couldn't imagine spending you know Christmas in a hospital. Uh, apparently, I did when I was itty-bitty. Uh, my really? mom told me. Uh, but I don't remember that. So, you know, another good opportunity to, to just get out. And then, of course, we just kind of, since there was only four, we walked around the hospital a little bit and just uh, just said hi to people and things like that. So it's kind of highlighting those um, those positive things that, that we do out in the community, not always focused on the crime that that is inevitable, I think, in any community our size. Um, and we do have... Uh, Coming up this week is our Project Christmas Cheer. I'm not going to say exactly what day we're planning on doing it, but we're going to be handing out gift cards again this week. So uh, kind of keep your your eyes and ears open for that. Um, and uh, we we always, you know, Stiefel Financial and uh, Neiman Foods partnered up this year to get us gift cards that we can just go hand out to folks in need throughout the community. So we always look forward to that. It's another great way to engage with the community in non-enforcement type situations. Uh, and Steve DeMoss, the uh, former county board member, um, I met up with him last week, and he wanted to make a donation to the police department, so he bought a bunch of gift cards and dropped those off as well. Had uh, kind of a specific area of town he wanted us to ensure that those cards got to, so we've got officers that are out working on that. So it's just a great time of year to engage with the community, to give back, and to appreciate you know the, the community that we get to work for every day. And I think we should say thank you to our police officers, too, because... You know, I have to work Christmas morning. That's nothing new. I mean, I signed up for that when I took this job. But there will be police officers that will not be with their families. They will be out on the streets. They will be patrolling, firefighters, nurses. There will be really important people in our community who uh, have chosen a profession where they know that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. In our family, my dad used to say, Thanksgiving's just a Thursday. Right. So, you know, you get when you choose a profession where you know that's going to be part of it, then suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. But still, I think it's good that we say thank you to our police officers, firefighters, paramedics, uh, ambulance workers, nurses, doctors, you know, because that's, face it, it is not a holiday for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, how did the um, singing thing go? Were you there? I was there, yes. It was very good. It was very who well. Who won? Do you remember um, who won? Oh, oh John, gosh, you, on the spot. you put me on the spot. Um, yes, I, I can I can imagine, I, I can, I can see name. her face, and I, and I and she sang very well, uh, hence the reason she won. Um, I cannot remember, and I, and I wouldn't want to get the name wrong, okay. so I will not say her name. This but, is a new fundraiser for the union, so that they yes. have some money, in addition to Neiman's and Stiefel and other people helping them. Yeah, it is important, I think, to distinguish between the two, because the PBPA has a labor side, which is the contracts and, and, the, and the labor and union. you're not worker. involved in that. And I'm not involved in that. No. Um, but the PVPA social, uh, that is the, the, the side of the union that does the shop, shop with, with a cop, cop, that does things like that. And that's what we were raising funds for. Right. Not, not raising funds to go to arbitration <laughs> against the city, um, to raise funds to give back to the community. Um, and, and I am a member of that one. Everybody that, that works for the police department, uh, either currently or retired, is, is allowed to be a member of that. Of that. It's, so, it's yeah. a friendly, a friendly alliance. Yeah. It was a good event, and it was, it was very event. well done. And kudos to uh, Patrick Hollensteiner and Jessica Hollensteiner. Brian Dush, and I'm sure there were a bunch of others. Uh, there are a lot of officers there working. They did a fantastic job. Well, thank you, and Merry Christmas, and we'll see you again next Merry year. Merry Christmas to you, Mary.